what's coming up now on Established in the Faith. Oh, but let me tell you something. When he died on Mount Calvary, he won the victory over demons, spirits, and devils, and hell. He won it for us because we're down in the valley, and the God that's up on the mountain is still the God down in the valley. Glory to God. The victory he won on that mountain is your victory. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. your Bibles this morning, would you turn with me please to the book of 1 Kings. The book of 1 Kings chapter 20. 1 Kings chapter 20, move down if you will to verse 28. And there came a man of God and spake unto the king of Israel and said, Thus saith the Lord, Because the Syrians have said the Lord is God of the hills, but he is not God of the valleys, therefore will I deliver all this great multitude into thine hand, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. And I want to use for a subject this morning, preaching a few minutes. The God on the mountain is still God in the valley. Glory to God. I don't know if you can feel that this morning or not, but the God on the mountain is still God in the valley. The Bible tells us that Benadad, king of Syria, besieged Samaria. He sent messengers to Ahab and said, Your silver and your gold, your wives and your children are mine. And Ahab consented unto this to pay him a tribute hoping that maybe Benadad would be satisfied with this and go away. But Benadad came back with a message and said, Tomorrow about this time I'm going to send my servants in there, and they're going to go into your houses, and they're going to take whatever is good in your eyes. Let me tell you this. You can't give in to the enemy. You can't give in to Satan, not one little bit. If you give an inch, he'll be a ruler. Because just as those servants were going to go into the houses, and friend, let me tell you, they they weren't going to go into those houses easy and just take it easy. They would just go in and pillage the place and wreck the place and tear it all to pieces and just take whatever they want. And that's what Satan does. When you give in to him, when you give in to the enemy, he just keeps coming back for more and more and more until your life is ruined. And everything is wrecked and ruined and gone. How many today? They gave in just a little bit. And they took one drink and now they're a full-blown alcoholic. How many today took one puff of a joint and now they're a drug addict shooting up between their toes and under their tongue. Selling everything they got to get another fix. You can't give in to the enemy. Not one bit. 
Ahab, he called all the elders of the land together in 1 Kings 20, verse 7. He told them about the situation, and in verse 8, the elders of the land said, Hearken not unto him, nor consent. It's good to have somebody that you can go to that'll give you good, solid, biblical advice. Someone would say, well, now, Brother James, if he refuses to consent under this, ain't that going to start a fight? As Christians, aren't we supposed to be at peace with our fellow man and love one another? And No. He was already in a fight. Did you hear what I said? Anytime somebody says, I'm going to come in your house and I'm going to take everything you got, you're already in a fight. As a child of God, we're already engaged in a fight. If you ain't fighting something today, you ain't saved. You cannot put your Christian experience on cruise control and think it's going to get you there, honey. It ain't going to do it. You've got to fight. That's what Paul said in 1 Timothy 6, verse 12. He said, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. you got to fight. Salvation is a free gift of God. But there's a fight of faith that we're all called to fight in order to obtain eternal life. you got to fight. It's a fight of faith. Hebrews 10, 38. We have to live by faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God, the Bible says. And in Hebrews 10, 38, the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Satan is going to hit you with everything that hell has. To pull you away from your faith. And let me tell you, the fight was on. When Ahab sent word back to Benadad, the battle was set in array. Now, on the outward appearance, this may look like a physical altercation. But the problem was more spiritual than it was physical. Satan was out to destroy God's people, and he was using Benadad and the Syrian army to do it. Why? We'll tell you why. Israel, although they had backslid, although most of Israel was serving Baal, they were still God's chosen people. These were the people that God chose to bring forth to the world the Word of God and to serve as the wound for the Messiah, the Savior of mankind. But if Satan could destroy these ancient people, 
then their purpose would not come to pass. Satan was out to stop them from bringing forth the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is the same with you and I today. You see, a lot of the attack that comes against us, we think, well, the devil's after my tires. The devil's after my lawnmower. I'm out there doing something in the yard the other day, and Dana says, I'm going to get lawnmower and cut the grass. I said, okay. So she goes out there to crank the mower. Brand new lawnmower, ain't had it but two years. And she goes to start that thing, it won't start. Nothing, nothing. Run the battery down. So here I go getting jumper cables, pulling the truck up there, hooking the jumper cables up and trying to start it. It won't go and crank. This gas that we're buying nowadays has got a lot of ethanol in it, and if you leave it in the engines for a couple of months, that stuff will congeal in there and it won't run. So went to Kenley, got the trailer, come back, loaded up the lawnmower, took it to the man. He took it apart, called me back the next day. I'm on the way over there, got the mower, come back, and had a flat tire. Hit something in the road, tore the tire all to pieces. Cost me right at $400 to get that mower fixed, and then a $200 tire. I'm like, good grace and mercy, this cheap gas is really costing me. I spent more money trying to fix that lawnmower. I could have hired somebody to cut the grass for the whole season. And now I got a lawnmower that runs, and I still got to cut the grass. Or at least Dana has, uh, Julie. But a lot of the attack of the enemy, we think the devil's after my tires, he's after my lawnmower, he's after my finances, he's after my wife, he's after my husband, he's after my children. I mean, the list goes on and on. But Satan ain't got no use for your lawnmower. He ain't studying cutting your grace. He has no use for the tires on your car. He can't spend your money. And he don't need your house to live in. And he don't need a relationship. So the devil ain't after none of that stuff. What is he after then? It plays out in the physical. The battle is spiritual, folks. He's after your faith. He wants you to get worked up and come to a point that you just throw up your hands and quit and say, I just ain't going to church no more. I ain't going to read my Bible no more. I ain't going to pray no more. I just ain't going to, this whole Christian thing, I'm just going to throw it away and do away with it. And in the midst of your trial, you might say an ugly word once in a while. Oh, let me preach in the parking lot. The folks inside church here are way too holy today. Has anybody had a flat tire this week? Yep. <laughs> 
and it comes at the most inopportune time. And you're tempted to say a wordy dirt. And you say it in front of somebody that knows you're a Christian. Satan wants you to blow your testimony. That's what he's out to do. He wants you to mess up your witness. He wants you to throw your faith to the side. Just throw up your hands and quit. He comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. So don't think that battle that you're fighting is a physical thing. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this world. Spiritual wickedness in high places. Oh, but let me tell you something. When Jesus Christ died on Calvary, when he died on Mount Calvary, he won the victory over demon spirits and devils and hell. He won it for us because we're down in the valley and the God that's up on the mountain is still the God down in the valley. Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. The victory he won on that mountain is your victory. But you've got to fight. It's a good fight of faith. If we lose our faith, we lose it all. All right. Now I want to show you the grace of God here. Ahab looks out the window of his palace. Tens of thousands of Syrian soldiers have gathered. Looks like a pile of ants just crawling all over one another. I mean, the pure ground is moving. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Have you ever just been working out in your yard and all of a sudden you look down and your feet are moving? You've got in a bed of fire ants, and, you know, to start with, you don't know it, but once they start biting you, you, you start to pay attention to what's going on down there, and, you, and your feet are moving, but you ain't moving, at least not yet. <laughs> and they get to stinging and biting, and boy, somebody think you done got baptized in the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues. <laughs> uh Maybe we need to get some fire ants in the church and put them in the pews. And <laughs> uh. But they had gathered against Israel once again. And so many of them. 1 Kings 20 verse 13, the prophet of the Lord came to Ahab and said, Thus saith the Lord, Hast thou seen all this great multitude? God knows your heart. I can't imagine the thoughts that were going through Ahab's mind when he looked out the window and saw all of those thousands, thousands, tens of thousands. He knew that within himself and his army, there was no way that he could come against such. And here's a man that had witnessed Elijah come on the scene and, and say, there's not going to be dew nor rain these years, except according to my word, and they won't none for three and a half years. 
Here's a man that saw the fire of God fall upon Elijah's altar when Elijah prayed to God and the fire fell. He, he witnessed that. Here's a man that was soaking wet, not a dry thread on him when Elijah prayed and said, Lord, send the rain. This man had seen all of these miracles, but yet he still served Baal to please his wife Jezebel. was not saved he was lost but God knew his heart God knew the thoughts that were running through his mind and he sent the prophet to him and the prophet told him you've seen all this great multitude it's bothering you ain't it thus saith the Lord Behold, I will deliver it into your hand this day, and you'll know that I'm the Lord. God had every right to let those Syrians just come in and pillage the place, wreck the place. But instead, God said, I will deliver. Some of you under the sound of my voice right now, you've shook your fist in the face of God. You've rebelled against God. Time and time again, God has delivered you. At one time, you served the Lord. The power of God flowed through you. And you shake your fist in the face of God, and I'm going to do what I want to do. And you're starting to come to your senses now, and you think, I've gone too far. I've sinned too much. God doesn't love me anymore. Let me tell you what he said. I will deliver you. But let me tell you this. It's going to take a fight of faith. Because like I said, the God on the mountain is the God in your valley. God said, I'll deliver you. That's grace. All right, Ahab's got some questions here. 1 Kings 20, verse 14, he said, Who's going to fight and who's going to order the battle? Two things I want to point out. He asked the prophet who knew the Word of God. And when it comes to the things of God, if you don't know, you better ask someone who rightly divides the Word of Truth. That's point number one. Ask the right person. Number two, the questions he asked were simple questions. But for the Lord's deliverance to become a reality, he had to be done God's way. In order for your deliverance to become a reality, it's going to require obedience on your part the prophet said the princes are going to fight but you are going to order the battle what if Ahab said well no I just ain't going to do that I think we need to call a business meeting we need to call a business meeting and we need to set up a committee oh me what if he had not obeyed the Lord 
deliverance wouldn't have took place. Thank God the man had a little bit of sense and obeyed what God said. 1 Kings 20 verse 15. Ahab numbered the young men of the princes of the provinces and all the children of Israel. They went out at noon. His servants came back and told Benadad. And Benadad said, whether they come out for peace or war, take them alive. And then the battle began. And Israel slew every one his man, and the Syrians fled, and Benadad escaped on a horse. Even Ahab went out and fought this battle. What we see taking place here is a supernatural act of God. God moved upon these men. I mean, you think about it. A total of 7,232 men up against tens of thousands of Syrians. God moved upon these men to work above and beyond their ability. And they won the battle. The prophet comes back. 1 Kings 20, verse 22. Came to Ahab and said, Go and strengthen thyself, for at the return of the year the king of Syria will come up again. Thank God for the victories. But we always have to keep strengthening ourselves in the things of God. It's not a time to slack off, kick back. It's time to press in. You say, well, Brother James, I've been pressing in to the Lord. Well, keep pressing in. Keep pressing in because the enemy, Satan, he's planning an attack right now. And you don't even know it. If you knew what Satan had planned for you, you couldn't stand it. Thank God you don't know. But you've got to be prepared. Are you taking advantage of the things that God has provided to strengthen you in the things of the Lord? Strengthen yourself. The Bible says in verse 26, At return of the year, Benadad numbered the Syrians and went up to Aphek to fight against Israel. Church, we've got to be ready. Satan's always planning another attack. If you look in verses 12 and 16, the Bible tells us that Benadad was drunk, along with all those that were helping him. That's part of the reason why he lost the first battle. He was drunk. As a child of God, you've got no business with any kind of alcohol. None whatsoever. None. Now, I know that don't sit too well with some of you sipping saints. You like to have a little wine when you sit down and eat your meal at night. A little social drinking is okay. No, it's not. I'm a teetotaler. Teetotal, leave it alone. Being a dad lost a battle because he was drinking. Might be some of your problem. The reason you're losing some battles is because you've been drinking. But let me take it to a spiritual level. You can be drunk on the things of the world. See, when you get drunk, your senses 
You become desensitized. You don't respond to things as quickly as you should. Sometimes you don't respond at all. You come to church on Sunday morning and things are said and it requires an amen and there's no amen. You're so drunk on the world. Sense is a little bit slow this morning, I see. You come to church and you're a little bit hungover from the night before. Your team didn't win last night and your face is so long today. You could eat oats out of a half-inch gas pipe. And I got to stand up here and look at you. And preach an encouraging message while looking at you out there with your face. Look like a mule eating briars. All because your team didn't win last night. Drunk on the world. See, the Bible says, 2 Timothy chapter 3, that in the last days men would be lovers of their own selves, covetous boasters, proud blasphemers, disobedient to parents. Verse 3, he said, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such turn away. What do you spend a lot of your time doing? Do you spend more time in the entertainment of the world than you do God's Word or the things of God? Paul said, Be ye not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be ye filled with the Holy Ghost. Are you taking advantage? of that which God has given you to strengthen yourself in the things of God, or are you getting drunk on the entertainment of the world? 1 Peter 5, verse 8. The Bible says, Be sober. Be sober. Be sober. Or Brother James, I can just drink a little bit. The book says, Be sober. And be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith. In the faith. In the faith. When Paul used that term, the faith, he was talking about Christ and what he did for us at Calvary. Resist steadfast in the faith. That's where your fight is at. Your fight is keeping the faith. And resisting the enemy. Submit yourselves therefore to God and resist the devil and he shall flee from you. All right. First Kings twenty twenty three. The servants of Benadad said their gods are the God of the hills. Therefore they are stronger than we. Let's fight against them in the plain. Surely we shall be stronger than they. Don't ever think that God is helped or hindered by your situation or circumstances. Let me say that again. Don't make the mistake of thinking that God is helped or hindered by your situation or circumstances. He's God. And God can do anything. With God, all things are possible. He's able. He is able. 
The second battle begins. The Syrians gathered themselves against Israel once again, and this time they're in the valley of Aphek. Verse 27, the children of Israel went out against them. They looked like two little flocks of kids compared to all the Syrians. The man of God came to Ahab and said, Thus saith the Lord, because the Syrians have said, The Lord is God of the hills and not the God of the valleys. I will deliver all this great multitude into thine hand, and you shall know that I am the Lord. Here we go again. God promises Ahab, I'm going to deliver you. Don't you think the man would have given his heart to God after the first battle? But he's still serving Baal. So God reaches out to him again. And again. And again. And that's the way it is with you and I today, ladies and gentlemen. God keeps reaching down again. And again. And again. He delivers us out of one mud hole and we fall in another. There's his deliverance again. And again. We serve a great God, a mighty God, a God that loves us so much. We don't deserve it. We fall in the pit. We deserve the dirt to be pushed over top of us and buried. But God reaches down. He takes us by the hand and he pulls us out. We don't deserve it. The grace of God. He said, I'm going to deliver you. Verse 29, the battle was joined and the children of Israel slew all the Syrians. A hundred thousand footmen in one day. You think of that. The rest fled to Aphek, into the city. And a wall fell on 27,000 of them. And Benadad fled and came to the city in his inner chamber. Again, God is not helped or hindered by our circumstances he's God and God wants us to know this today he died on Mount Calvary 2,000 years ago and the victory that he won there is our victory in the valley and we have to fight that good fight of faith Today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you.
Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. That's right, girls. And every Sunday morning we have Sunday school starting at 9 o'clock and worship service at 10, as well as Bible study and prayer meeting every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. All of these services are broadcast to the parking lot for those of you who wish to participate drive-in style. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMED community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.